So get your Bibles open, if you would, to Matthew chapter 10. And I want to talk tonight about something that's been going on. You know I like to talk about what's going on in the world. And, um, I want, but I want to I use it for an example and for a reason. Um, I'm sure unless you've been in a, in a cave, you know that uh, there's a big deal going on with Target. Amen? And uh, there's a, uh, I don't think I have to explain what's going on. I think, does everybody know? Okay. I figured you did. And, um, you know, that's making a big fuss. There's lots of people posting things and putting things. But I want to use that tonight as an example. And I, wanna, I want you, if you're taking notes, to write this down. The kingdom of God is not for the weak. Amen. The kingdom of God is not for the weak. And the reason I say that is because when things like this happen, the church needs to stand up. The church needs to rise up. The church needs to be a voice. You know, back in the 60s, they took prayer to school and the church was silent. Back in the 60s, they started aborting kids and the church was silent. But when this stuff begins to happen, a believer has to stand up and say, not, not an opinion, but what the Bible says. Amen. And, and stand upon the word of God. And so, amen, thank you for those two lonely claps. Amen, I got two people who are passionate about the word of God tonight. Let me give you another chance. When we get an opportunity to stand for God, we need to stand for the Lord and what his word says. Can you say amen? Not what I think and not what you think and not what the world thinks, but what the Bible says. We need to quote the scriptures. And a lot of people will say, well, we need to be loving. Yes, we need to love. There's no doubt about it. But the problem is, is they miss the other side when it comes to that that we also have to tell them the truth. And the truth is that God's word doesn't lie and it doesn't change. And God's word will not be mocked. Amen? And so I had this thought because, thank God, some Christians are standing up. I have, and Paul has, and I think some others have. And if you haven't, you have a chance, let us know. We'll send you the email from the, is it the A, what's the name of it? Uh, AHA, AFA. American Family Association is an opportunity to go to there. It takes 30 seconds. Write your name down. Sign the petition that says, I'm going to boycott Target. Now, so you can argue with that all you want. You can say, Adam, I'm not going to get into that stuff. But listen, we need to speak with our wallets. And we had something happen when there was a, uh, uh, and let me make a statement. So just in case, I know we have some people visiting tonight. I want people to understand where our hearts are. We love everybody. We love everybody, but the Bible also says things that are right and that are wrong, and as believers, we need to stand up for what's right and wrong, and so it's not about who's, who's, who we don't love or who we love, and it's, it's, it seems to be that when you make a stand for something, they all of a sudden say we don't love people. Jesus loved people, but he told them what their sin was. Remember the lady said, you've been with five women, or five men, and, and the one you're with now is not your husband. So he said, I, I, you're, but you're in sin, you need to change. He told the lady that was adulterous when he let her off, he said, now go and sin some more. Is that what he said? No, he said, go and sin no more. He said, where are your accusers at? You're forgiven, but he said, go and sin no more. So don't keep doing what you're doing that's wrong. So we need to stand up, and if you'll go sign that thing, now over a million people, thank God, even though that's a lot, it's not enough, have signed it. But back about a few years ago, Home Depot had an agenda. And they were doing, they were uh, uh, pushing that very hard. And we caught wind of it. And not that we're a lot of people, but we began to boycott Home Depot. And we began to go to Lowe's. Now, some people will say, man, if we start boycotting things, we'll never be able to do anything. We can't, we don't know everything that goes on. But when somebody makes a public statement, we need to, do, to react. 
I do the same thing with Starbucks. You can do what you want. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just telling you that there's things that you can do. I, I don't go to Starbucks anymore because of their agenda. I'm, I, it doesn't mean that if someone wanted to meet me there and they had, and I had to change all their plans and all that stuff, I'm not saying that I'm so religious that I wouldn't still meet them there, but I'm not going to buy coffee there. I'm not going to support what they're doing because I can speak with my wallet. I can speak with my money and I can say, you know what, you can believe what you want to believe, but I'm not going to pay money to your company that stands for these things. Amen. And you can speak with your wallet. Now I'm going to get somewhere with this in a second, but we did that with Home Depot and it came to pass that they turned their agenda and it hurt their pocket, but so bad enough people were not going to Home Depot that they changed some things. Now, either Target is going to change the way that they're doing things, or they're going to be hurt. Because let me tell you what's happened in the last week. They have lost $2.5 billion. Amen? $2.5 billion. Now, if they can afford to lose $2.5 billion every week, then so be it. But somebody's speaking and somebody's, you might go by Target and you might see a lot of cars there. But you know what? My car's not going to be there because I'm not going to go in and support a place that opens up doors for perversion. And that's something we can do. We can say, and I know a lot of people like Target. They like it better than Walmart. But listen, it's about, it's about taking a stand. And that's why I'm saying this tonight. The kingdom of God is not for the weak. Now look at what Matthew 10 says. Let me show you this. Verse 30, 34. Do not think, Jesus says, that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. You know, a lot of people don't quote this scripture. How many know that if you're a believer in the, in the word of God, you've got to quote all the scriptures and not just the ones that sound good. You can find all kinds of things that will sound good. But Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Now, he didn't mean he, he, he came to be violent. He didn't he came to be mean. He came, he's saying that I came to bring a truth, and I came to bring a standard, and you've got to stand for something, and if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And God needs some people tonight to stand up on the word of God. He says, listen, verse 35, I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. Now, what is, does that mean he wants houses to fight? No, it means that inside of households you have different beliefs and different things that people are standing for, and it's going to cause some trouble inside the home. The truth is going to cause some trouble when someone is really standing for the truth. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Those are some strong words. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. And he who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life will, for my sake, We'll find it. Father, just for the next few minutes on this Sunday night, God, we just ask that you'd anoint your word. And Lord, that what I speak would be your words and that would come across, Father, in the right way that would be received and understood, Father, that God, we've got to stand for something tonight. We've got to be strong in the Lord tonight. We've got to say this is what the Bible says, and I believe it. Lord, help us tonight to be strong believers, Lord, who stand for something and stand for your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as we look here in Matthew and we read that, I want you to go over just a chapter to chapter 11. And look at verse 12. 
And from the days of John the Baptist, this is Jesus speaking again. Listen to these words, Jesus says. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. That's a powerful verse. Now again, church, we know that Jesus does never, not ever tell us to go out and kill people. This is not a, a verse that other religions would use in their, in, their, in their power to go and violently do things. He's talking about a spiritual violence. Because he said that our, the, 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 that our battle is not of flesh and blood, but it's spiritual. It's, it's, it's a violent force between good and evil. It's a violent force between light and dark. Amen. How many understand that between spiritual wickedness and the truth of the word of God? And what it means is that as Christians, we have a lot of Christians who are passive in their faith. And they're very, they're very mild-mannered in their faith. And they're very uh, quick to back up and not fight spiritually and not say, no, the Bible says... This is what the Bible says. And again, we lost the battle in the 60s because of this attitude. Millions of babies have been aborted because the church was silent. Amen? We cannot continue to stand and be silent. And thank God. Does anybody hear this a little loud? Am I good? Is it just me? Okay, cool. I'll just talk back here. It sounds loud to me, but I'm, I might be in the monitor. You're good, Jeff. They, no one said good. All right, now watch this. Go over to Luke with me. Actually... Let's go to Revelation chapter 21. Hold that spot in Matthew because we're going to come back in just a second and look at Luke. How many saw that verse? From the days of John the Baptist till now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Now let me tell you why I want to tell you that the kingdom of God is not for the weak. You cannot be a coward and be a Christian. You cannot be a coward and be a Christian. Let me tell you who really understands the word coward and Christian. People who live in other countries. People who are dying for their faith. Now, we, he's not talking about a violent, here, a violent physical death or when, he's talk, when he's saying the, 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 the just take it by violence. He's talking about spiritual. But the world likes to kill Christians. And all around the world today, people are dying for their faith. People are being beheaded. People are being burned alive. People are being crucified on crosses. That's not cowardly. That's very manly or womanly or whatever you want to call it. That is amazing that people would stand up and say, you can take my life, but I will not deny Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a lot of people here who wouldn't have it to be, and I say in the world, not here in our church, in the United States, who would bow to just about anything. Because we're weak. In general, the church is weak. The church is dead. The church has no power. The church is just going through the motions and like I said this morning, just digging holes and filling them back up and digging holes and filling them back up with no purpose. No purpose whatsoever. No strength, no, no intestinal fortitude to stand up and say, I'm going to make a difference. When I talked this morning about purpose, your purpose should be to say, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make a difference. I can make a difference in my prayer life. I can make a difference in, in how I reach people's lives. Now look what Revelation says. This is all the way to the end of the book. Verse 7 of Revelation 21. How many are there? This is almost the end of the book. He says, he who overcomes. He who overcomes. How many know that if you're an overcomer, you're not weak? He says, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. 
and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Let me read that again. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Now watch this. Guess who will not enter the kingdom of heaven? Verse 8. The cowardly. The cowardly. Now before we read on there, just look up at me for a second, because there's some more things that will catch your attention there. Remember very clearly that the Bible says, and we say it all the time in our altar calls, all the time we say it, and it means something, it's not just words. Jesus said, if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father that is in heaven. He, we know what he's saying? If you're a coward, and you're ashamed of me, or you're, you're afraid to make a stand, then I will be ashamed of you when you stand before my father. Those are some strong words. He says, but if you're not a coward and you confess me before man and you stand up before the world and say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And as Paul said in Romans that we'll get to in a second, chapter one, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. So if you are ashamed of Jesus or you are afraid of Jesus or you're afraid to stand up for him or stand up for something like this, you're afraid to sign a petition or you're afraid to say this is wrong, then you're a coward. I'm not calling you that. The Bible's calling you that. And God says the cowardly, those who deny Jesus and do not stand up for his word will not inherit the kingdom of God. Come on, say amen or woe is me. Amen. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not, you know, we're, we're, we're afraid of so much stuff. I'll never forget the, the, the verse that changed my life that says, don't be afraid of that person who can take your life only. Whoever can take your life, there's no, that's not someone to fear. Someone who could shoot you or kill you. That's not someone to fear. The Bible says, fear him who can take your life and send your soul to hell. That's who you should fear is God. We got a lot of people who are more afraid of people than they are of God. Don't be afraid of people, be afraid of God. And I don't mean afraid in a, in a fear that he's going to hurt you, but a reverent fear that he is God. And that his word says cowards are not going to go there. And if you're here tonight and you're thinking, man, am I a coward? You don't have to be a coward. God can give you power tonight to stand up for his word. Amen. He can fill you with his Holy Spirit. And he can give you a boldness to say, I'm going to stand for Jesus. Now go with me. Look at the next word. Unbelieving. Cowardly. Unbelieving. Abominable. Isn't it crazy that you'd see cowardly and abominable in the same paragraph? That you'd see unbelieving in the same one as murderers? Sexually immoral? Sorcerers? Idolaters? And liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death? We need some more preaching about verses that talk about hell in church. Amen. We need some more verses to let people know that that was a real place and it exists and that people are going there if they deny Jesus Christ. People don't want to read that kind of stuff, though. They want to read God loves you. He loves you so much. They, that's all they want to hear is God loves you. I, I want to hear that, too. But I also want to hear that if I don't live the way God calls me to live, 
that there's an, a, another circumstance, another consequence to that. Amen? you got to have both sides of the word of God. You can't have all sugar and all cake and all ice cream. Amen? As bad as I would love it, I would eat out all the time and never eat fruits or vegetables. I could live off a dessert if my physical body could handle it. I, but you can't do it spiritually either. you got to have some meat. you got to have the truth. Let's read this one more time. But the cowardly the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now don't worry, this message is not going to be all straight. It's going to get a little bit easier in a second. Look at Luke chapter 16. Give me an amen when you get there. This is what I really want to show you tonight. The kingdom of God is not for the weak. You know, that's why a lot of people don't make it. They get saved and they begin to get attacked by the devil and they just run back to the, to the world. They just run right back to the devil because the devil's going to coddle you. The devil's going to massage your back. The devil's going to keep you right there in sin, right where he wants you. He, 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 he doesn't want you to go to heaven. He hates God. He hates Jesus. He hates everything that has to do with Jesus. And so he's going to coddle you in your sin. He's going to tell you, don't worry, that's not that big of a deal. Don't worry about it. Or he's going to say, hey, you know, there's a church you can go to. They won't preach on that. They won't touch those things. He's going to do whatever he has to do to keep you asleep and dead in your, in your faith. But Jesus wants us to be awake. He wants us to be alert. As, as he said at the prayer, he wants us to be watching and looking and waiting at every moment, amen, and waiting for Jesus to blow that trumpet and for us to have our hearts ready and right at every moment and not be caught up with the things of the world, amen. That's what God wants, but Jesus wants, the devil wants us to be asleep, wants us to be afraid, wants us to be cowardly, wants us to be ashamed. But look what this says, Luke chapter 16. The law, verse 16, sorry, uh, uh, am I 16? Yes, yeah, 16, 16, actually. Look at 16, 16. And actually, let's go back a verse. I want to I read the verse before this. Let's go back two verses. Look at 14. Now, the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided him, and he said, You are those who justify yourselves before men. See, too many people want to justify themselves before men. They say, I'm going to, I want to live in sin, and I'm going to find somebody who's going to make it okay. I'm going to find somebody who's going to say, that's okay. But God's word does not change, no matter what man tries to do to it. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he says, but you are those who justify yourselves, verse 15, before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. I would, be, I would wonder today how many times the word abomination was used in church today in the United States. Come on, y'all with me? I wonder how many times. It would be interesting to know how many times the word abomination was used. Because we've got to read it all. I can't say that enough. He says, for what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Now watch, this is what I really want you to see. The law and the prophets were until John. Now watch this. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. 
preached. Preached. There's a difference between preaching and teaching. Teaching is kind of, and teaching's good, there's a time for it. But teaching is sitting back and, and just kind of, you know, meditating and learning and thinking. But preaching is aggressive. Preaching is pushing forward. The, the word of God did not make it to 2016 in the United States by teaching. It made it by preaching. Preaching is a proclamation of the word of God. It is, is in your face saying change or you'll lose it. See, we don't have a lot of that preaching today though. We don't have it. And, and the reason I'm so passionate about it is because that's what saved my life. Is that someone pointed their finger at me and said, you're going to hell if you don't change. I thank God that I wasn't getting a teaching message the night that I was probably going to have my last chance to hear the word of God. I got a preaching message. I got a proclamation that hell was real. And I needed to hear that. And I needed to know that that was my destination if I did not change my life. Amen. We need to have that God loves you. But we also need to have that if you don't change your life and you stay in your sin, you are not going to spend eternity with God. Because God's word cannot be mocked. It's the truth, amen. It's the truth and it doesn't change and it's the same again, like I said, yesterday, today, and forever. Now watch this. The kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. I want you to see that word, pressing into it. Because I'm going to give you four things real quick to finish up tonight. Four things that I want you to, I want you to contend for. We have to contend for these things. Number one, a passionate pursuit of prayer. Passionate pursuit of prayer. We must learn to pray. We have to learn how to pray, how to seek God's face. Listen, a prayer where you sit down and say, Lord, thank you for this food is not passionate prayer. A prayer where you say, Lord, let me have a good day today is not passionate prayer. I'm talking about getting on your face before God and saying, God, change this world. I'm talking about getting on your face and saying, God, change my neighbors. I'm talking about getting on your face before God and not worrying about the clock and not worrying about what else you have to do, but spending some time with God alone and saying, Lord, change me so that I can change somebody else, God. Please get a hold of my nation. Get a hold of my family. Get a hold of my country, my world. Get a hold of my heart, God. God. passionate prayer passionate prayer a pursuit of passionate prayer I could use many verses but one of the, my favorites and everybody knows it is second Chronicles 7 14 because it brings it all together if my people who are called by my name will do what humble themselves and pray humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land we need passionate pursuit of prayer this is going off of Luke 16 16 where he says the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it now I want you to go quickly before I go to number two to Romans chapter one I find out a lot, as I tell you guys a lot in my own life, 
I meet a lot of people playing basketball and working out. That's, that's a lot of people I run into. That's my hobby. So when I'm talking to people on the basketball court, I run into a lot of people. And you know what I find? Even when I find people, and I don't say this judgmental, it's just a fact. When I find people who say they're believers, I come to find out that they're not being discipled. They're not being discipled. There are so many people in this world who are going to church, but they're just digging holes and filling them back up again. They're just digging holes and filling them back up again. They're just digging holes and filling them back up again. I was, I was, I was with this one friend of mine who's become a friend. We, we, we've gotten to know each other and we've gone out to eat a few times we've, after we've played. And, and, and I've noticed that he says he's a believer. And I, and I, you know, I said, hey, you go to church? And they'll say, yeah, I go to so-and-so church. And, and, and sometimes if I know the church, I already know, you know what they stand for and what they believe. And, and, and listen, I want to say this again. I don't say these things to be judgmental. There's just, it's just a fact. There's a not, that we need more pe- churches to preach the truth. We need more churches to disciple. We need more churches to stand for something. And, and, and so sometimes when I hear a church, I think, oh, man, they're, they're fair game then. I'm going to invite them to ours. Because I know they're not preaching the truth. And so I hear names, and sometimes when I hear a name, I don't know it. Sometimes I'll go look and see what they believe. But when I hear him say something, I, and, they, and this one particular guy said, I love my church. So I said, okay, I'm not going to invite him. He's, he loves his church. But the more I was around him, the more I spent time with him, the more I realized he had a potty mouth. I mean, he cussed all the time. And I was like, man, that, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but if you say you're a believer, don't cuss. I'm not talking about a slip of the word. I'm talking about all the time. Just like everybody else on the court that's not saying they're Christians. And so we, we, we went several times together, and one day the Lord said, get with him and tell him he has a potty mouth. I don't know why I'm saying potty mouth. I don't even think I've ever used that before. Talk about cowardly. That sounds weird. Where did that come from, potty mouth? Foul mouth. Amen. So I, we, we were at the gym one day, and I said, hey, can we meet next week after we play and go get something to eat? He's like, yeah, I want to talk to you about something. Okay. So we went and met. We sat down. We went to Chick-fil-A and started eating. And he said, what do you want to talk to me about? And I said, I don't want you to take this as judgmental. I said, I want you to tell me at any moment, anything I do. We're, we want to sharpen iron together. And I said, but listen, I've been, I've been watching, and, and I built them up first. I said, you know what? You, and that's what you've got to do when you're trying to tell somebody something. Build them up a little bit first. I said, you know what? You've got a gift. You've got, he has the most beautiful smile. I said, you got a gift. I can tell you love God. I can tell you're passionate about God. And I, and I said, you, and I can tell God wants to use you and you want to be used. I said, but I've noticed when we've been playing together that you cuss a lot. And as soon as I said that, he went. And he put his head down. And it wasn't a bad thing. And I said, don't take this as judgmental. I said, but the Lord put it on my heart and I want to tell you. And I said, I want to show you some verses. And, and as I began to show him some verses, listen, I showed him some some verses we talk about all the time and he was like wow whoa oh man i've never seen that before and i said my god he's not he is not being discipled he doesn't know some very very key verses i mean it was like a whole new bible had been written to him i mean these were pretty key things like you know salt water and fresh water can't come out the same oh wow i've never seen that before so I know he hasn't been discipled. And the more we talked, you know what? He said, I, I thank you 
for telling me this because most people are afraid to confront me and tell me that, that, I'm, that I'm doing this. And he says, I, I recognize I have a cussing problem and I'm going I'm to work on it. And he was thankful. But I said all that to say this because a lot of people don't know what's in the word of God. I, and, and, and I've been talking about this a lot lately because we're, we're, I've said this before, we're an illiterate generation biblically. We, we know how to dig holes, but we don't know what we're digging for. And, and, and we don't know how to quote scripture anymore. We don't know how to use the word anymore because we don't, we don't read it. And it's not totally our fault because we're consumed by media. And we've become lazy. And we've become spiritually blinded because we're so busy with so many things. And, and we kind of get our, our word, you know, here and there, but we don't really get into it. And that's why we push Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and fire starters and, and breakaway and, and, and prayer and, and, and Bible studies and men's discipleship and ladies' means so we can have more of the word than once a week. So we can get into it and study it and understand it. So look at Romans 1. I said all that to say this. There's a lot of people that don't know how clear the Bible is about things because they don't read it. I took him to Romans 1. And I don't mind if he hears this podcast. He, he, I didn't say his name. He'll know I'm talking about him. He'll be cool with it. Come to find out as I read this chapter to him. I don't know what led me there. It was the Holy Spirit, I guess. This talks real clearly, Romans chapter 1, about sexual perversion. Talks real clearly about homosexuality. And when I read this to him, he went, wow! Whoa! I'm serious, I'm not overacting. He was just like, I was like looking around like, I mean, he was just blown away. This is in the Bible? I'm thinking, he is not being discipled. How many people are not really knowing the word? And to come to find out, he has two older brothers who are homosexuals. One's engaged. What got us from cussing to there? The word. The word of God. Listen, we need to know what the word of God says. Okay? You can't be strong in the Lord if you don't know what the Lord says in his word. Amen? Now watch this. Romans chapter 1. I want you to look at verse 16, right where I read a little bit earlier. We're talking, if you forgot, the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. And I said the kingdom of God is not for the weak. Verse 16, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. That is as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, y'all with me? Let's read on. For the wrath of God is revealed from... Oh, wrath? Oh, we don't like to say that word. That's not a, that's not a friendly word. That's not a popular word. That and abomination are not real popular. So we probably shouldn't read that because, you know, that might offend somebody. Come on, give me an amen so I can go on. We don't want to say wrath or abomination or sin or hell or lake of fire. I mean, it's in the Bible, but heaven forbid we read it. Heaven forbid we tell our friends they're going there. They might be mad at you when you tell them, but they'll be thankful if you keep them from going there. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Watch this. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. 
That's what we're seeing today. We're seeing a suppression of the truth. We're seeing a twisting of the truth. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Stay with me, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. There's a whole lot of people today who know of God. Know of God, but they do not glorify God. Did you know that the Bible says that the demons believe and tremble at his word? It's not enough to believe. It's not enough to know. We have to glorify God with our lives. You can cry out all day long, I believe in you, Lord, I believe in you. But if you don't glorify him with your actions, it's just words. Not, nor were thankful, watch this, but became futile or futile, however you want to say it, in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. And therefore God gave them up to uncleanness. Why is the world like it is? Because God gives us up to what we want to do. He says, you know what's right and wrong, but you know what? You're going to do what you want to do, so go ahead. Go ahead. I've, 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 I've talked to you. I, my spirit's dealt with you, but go ahead. But you're going to have to live with the consequences. Amen? How many are still with me? Professing to be wise, they became fools. God gave them up, verse 24, to the uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts. Now watch this. To dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creator sorry the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen y'all still with me don't lose me I know it's a lot of scripture for this reason God gave them up to vile passions God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature see i'm gonna come i'll keep reading in a second but see people think oh the bible doesn't say anything in the new testament about this that's leviticus well how about what, where's romans 1 at did they did we start in romans 2 we like to get to romans 10 if we confess with our mouth that jesus is lord we'll be saved but we don't want to read romans 1 that says real clearly that women would exchange the natural use for what is against nature. And likewise, watch this, verse 27, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, one for another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. You can't get any clearer than that. Let's close with this. We're finished with this part. Now, I've, this is not the first time I've read this, but it might be new for you. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind or a reprobate mind to do those things which are not fitting. I know we got some kids in here, but most adults know what that means. There's plumbing. Being filled with all unrighteousness, 
sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of evil, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice, now watch this, practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Not only do them, but approve and say, that's all right, that's just how they were made, that's just who they are. When you say that someone is made that way and that's how they are, you're not saying anything about that person. You're talking about God and his mistake. You make God a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make problems. He, he's perfect. We make mistakes. Amen. And that stuff comes onto us because of the disobedience that we have in our lives. Now I'm going to get back to this real quick to close. And, and I'm, I, just, I just felt led by the Spirit to go to Romans 1. I, just, I know it's, it might not seem like it fit there, but it does. Because number two, after passionate prayer, is we must understand that we have a confrontation with the powers of darkness. We have a confrontation with the powers of darkness. Okay, this all comes from the pressing in and the kingdom of God suffering violence and taking it by force. We must understand that the church of Jesus Christ is going to confront spiritual powers. Wickedness in high places, principalities, powers, darkness. It's real. Amen, it's real stuff. And we're going to have to confront that. Matthew 10, 8 says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received freely give we have, we have to understand we have power and authority in Jesus name to tell those demons they have to flee from our lives to tell the devil he has to get back and he has no power and authority over our lives it's a confrontation with the powers of darkness when we press in when we press in now we talk about preventative prayer don't wait until a demon's on top of you to start going into a prayer closet. Don't wait until you start getting beat up by the devil to say, oh, I better pray. Why don't you pray before it happens so when the devil attacks you, you can say, get back, Jack, in Jesus' name. Get out of my life. Get out of my house. Get out of my family. But if you're messing around and not taking God serious, he's going to jump on you like the, like, the, like the seven demons that jumped on that one man in Acts 19. He ain't playing around. The devil don't take a break. The devil don't take time off. And he's looking for weak people that he can prey on. So we have to understand there's a confrontation with the powers of darkness. Number three, expectancy. We gotta come expecting. We gotta, we gotta expect, not just in church services, but in our daily lives, we gotta expect God to move. We've got to expect God to use us as we pray and as we confront the powers of darkness in prayer. We expect God to hear our prayers. 
We expect God to listen. We expect God to do something. 1 John 5 says, verse 14 and 15, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he'll hear us. Do you believe that? If you ask anything according to his will, he will do it. And we know that he hears us whatever we ask. And we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And number four, a burning heart for evangelism. A burning heart. When we're pressing in and we're taking the kingdom of God by, by force, we are, we are worried about souls. We are worried about the lost. We are worried about, about people knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If we ever lose that, we become a social club. If we stop praying fervently, if we stop confronting the powers of darkness, if we stop expecting God to move, if we stop uh, looking for lost souls, church, we are nothing more than a social club. Hanging out together. God did not call us just to come hang out together. God called us to push the kingdom of darkness back. God called us to pursue the lost and get them saved. God called us to cast demons out and lay our hands on the sick and then recover. And if we're too busy doing anything else, then we need to repent and get our hearts right and get our eyes on the harvest and stop looking around inside, but look outside that there's a lost world that needs Jesus. If we're caught up in anything else, our hearts are wrong. We need to be busy Again, praying. If you're praying a lot, you won't be worrying about other people. If you're confronting the kingdoms of darkness, you'll be too busy fighting the devil. If you're expecting God to move, he's going to move. And if you're winning souls, you're going to be wise. I'm going to say it one more time as the musicians come. Passionate pursuit of prayer. Not popcorn prayers. Not popcorn prayers. Getting before the Lord and praying. Confront, confrontation with the powers of darkness pushing them back expecting God to move expecting something to happen when you pray oh Lord please if you can no he can and he will oh Lord if it's your will heal this person it's his will oh Lord if it's your will that this soul gets saved it's his will Oh, Lord, if it's your will that we have revival, it's his will. Amen. It's his will. A burning heart for evangelism. So we go back to Luke and we see the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. Pressing into it. Father, as we close tonight, it is your spirit and it is your word that changes us and confronts us and where we're at in our lives. And we are called tonight to stand for your word. To say, no, this is not right. This is perversion. This is sin. This is not godly. And say, this is what the Bible says. We do it in love, but we do it in boldness. And we do it straight. And we do it right. And we're not ashamed. And we're not afraid. And we're not cowardly to stand up and say, I'm a believer in what the Word of God says. That doesn't mean you have to be mean. 
it means you have to be bold there's a difference you can be stern and do it in love you can quote the scriptures and say look this is what the Bible says and I'm not I'm not moving on it because God hasn't changed no matter how much culture and society changes I, God hasn't changed all kinds of fads come and go but God stays the same there's no variation in him, the Bible says he's the Alpha and the Omega he's the beginning and the end he was there before it all started he'll be there when it's all done just like I said this morning about purpose God's looking for some people to rise up tonight in their spirits and say God use me God <coughs> use me use my life tonight Father to be bold for you